Peace world, what's good? It's Y King once again here for another episode live at the Black Dot Underground Africatown Media Network. And as we always do, we have a special guest um, and, 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 and really a, a, a more special than special guest, you know, in terms of the connection of our own uh, journeys um, um, in, this, in this community. But um, we got artist, entrepreneur, organizer, father, husband, um, namesake of the legendary Dumasani Marari and part of the talented and accomplished Marari clan, man. But we know him today as Dre's, man. So welcome, my brother. What's happening, family? Oh, man, we here. We're we glad to have you here. Yes. You know? I, we were just talking about me and your journey going all the way back to Miller Very Community blessed, Center. Uh, we were kids. A lot of people don't really know that, that we literally hooped on. I got pictures of us. Miller Community Center um, on the Little Hoops. Cooking boys. This one was back two, when man. it was Doomy, <laughs> Doomy and Kwame. We were one, one and two, two huh? Yeah. <laughs> Filthy. You know, um, yeah, yeah, man. And um, so it's good, man. It's always good to to have one of our own that's that's gone out and you know made their waves, making waves, uh, mm -hmm. doing good in the world, not just you know here locally, but um, making things happen in the world. And you know, to fly in, touch down, and come on in the studio, man. That's yes, a great sir. Thing. Yes, sir. Um, so yeah. So man, for those who don't know about your, you know, your story, you know, mm -hmm. why don't you share a little bit about your journey to this point? Um, born and raised here, Seattle, Washington. So I'm a native, um, but my mother and father are from Zimbabwe. Um, actually, my 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 mom and dad. My dad came first to Seattle. Then my mom came some years later when he arranged for her to come out here. Um, and then been doing music really in the Northwest since I was, man, since I was born, right? So I started playing oh, marimbas when I'm like five years old, right? So now, I'm playing. I, I remember like tagging along when we were, was hooping to Langston Hughes. Yeah. I'd be in there. I mean, I never got my talent on that side, <laughs> but you know, I was in there making it happen, man. Who knows? That was history being made at that time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you didn't, we didn't know what we were a part of, right? You didn't know you were a part of like this budding move, like, my dad really launched um, marimba music throughout the Northwest and America. That's what I'm saying. He right. came here like to to teach. Right? Yeah, yeah. At he's, the University of Washington. Yeah. So he was the father of it. He came here, um, taught at the ethnomusicology department, and from there it sparked a movement. Right. So my youngest um, memories were of me going to these University of Washington halls. Literally packed out halls. My dad's on stage sweating. My mom's dancing. I'm like five years old just watching it. You know what I mean? Just kind of kicking it from the side and stuff like that. So that's um, that's the start of it. And then when I grew up, you know, you get you get exposed to hip-hop. So you start having these two different worlds at home. You're living kind of this Zimbabwean lifestyle. But then when you go to school, you're getting exposed to hip-hop and everything that comes with that. And like any person who has music in their veins... You know, I wanted to do both, right? You start going, I got a love for this and I got a love for that. I mean, I was in summer break 1988 at um, at uh, at Langston Hughes, right? And so I was up in that. I was weak, but I was in it. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got smashed, but I was out there just giving them my all. You yeah, know what I'm yeah. saying? But y'all came, because I remember, I remember you had the duo with, uh, with, with, with Javari, man. Yeah. Yeah, well, we so that is when I transitioned. So, summer break '88, it was me and Rob. I don't know if you remember Rob from folks, but me and Rob was together. And then after that, I um, I transitioned, I started dancing, you know what I mean? 
And um, <clears throat> as a dancer, I don't know, I just, I just, I could dance. You know what I mean? That was my thing. I did that. I could step dance, MFIT. So I became like the um, choreographer for MFIT. So I was making up all the step dances. And then dancing was my passion for like all through middle school. So my middle school years, I'm dancing, I'm dancing. And then I started picking up the mic and playing with it. I was real weak. And my brothers used to be, so my brothers, um, Tendai, Too Fresh, uh, they were just kind of like, Too Fresh would always be hard on me. He was like, you're weak, bro. Like, he would be like, you're weak, bro. But I just kept writing, right? Because somewhere deep down inside me, I felt like, man, I could be nice, right? And I just kept going and going. And then um, at some point, Tendai wouldn't even fool with me. He was just like, I'm not even paying attention to little dude, man. He's weak. And then at some point, um, right around high school, my freshman year, I started to hit a spurt. And then by sophomore, it's like a hooper. You ever see that cat who's like, you know what I'm saying? He's okay. And then you see him two years later, and it's like, man, is he like 6'6 now? And you know what I mean? I hit that spurt. And um, by my sophomore year, I was better than both of them, right? They, were, they I was like, yeah, you guys don't want these problems no more, right? Oh, okay. So, uh, right, baby, bros coming through. Oh man, they knew what it was. It's not. I mean, when we, you know, we're honest with each other when it comes to certain things. I, they were nice on the beats. I was really the lyrical one, and so we started. You know, I started rapping, and that really kicked everything off. I was in a group called Design first. Um, and then um, that was me, Too Fresh, my boy Lil J, who passed away, R.I.P., Lil J the Thief, and then um, Young Mr. X, right? And so um, the four of us were in a group called Design, and then from there, um, I want to say probably about 95, 96, um, moved on, and we started a group called Cave, right? Um, uh, and so that Cave was really me. My brother, Tenai, who was Boy Wonder at the time, Merman Mall. So, Cave started with the four of us. Okay. And then we went on okay. tour. We all went on tour with Vitamin D. We yeah, went, to, went to like Europe or something. Right? Yeah, like we was early. all over. I yeah, was... we went all through Europe, went to Korea, Japan, Guam. I mean, we was just ripping it up. Frankie, Frankie came. Um, and so, we, we did the tour. And then after we came back, the group split. So, at that point, Merman Mall went left. Me and Boy Wonder went right. And... Um, and then we picked up our little brother had came over from Zimbabwe, Z, um, whose name was Baby Boy. We picked him up in the crew, added him to the flock, and it became Cave, which sparked like a, a dope Christian mu- movement, you know what I mean, for hip-hop. I think we were one of the first, which blew me away because musically, I had went to Zimbabwe at the time, and I learned about my pops being in the church in Zimbabwe because my dad wasn't a part of the church by the time I was a young adult. And so I found out he had joined the church when he was younger and was creating all this music with African drums and he got shunned and they kicked him out of the church because they were calling the drums evil and all this other stuff, right? Because of the colonialism. And so it was a trip for me to see myself walking into churches doing hip hop and getting bashed the same way my father was, right? right? Because I'm bringing something that is a little foreign to it. So um, fast forward, Cave, we did that. And then after Cave broke and we went separate ways, I was like, I'm going solo. You know what I mean? No more groups. Uh, groups are a headache. So that's my journey. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and that brings up, you know, to, and that was Dre's? Dre's. That's was it. Dre's born during Cave or? Dre's was born when I was in high school. Okay. So, no, when I was in high school, Little J, my homeboy, Little J the Thief, we were at Franklin, 
And um, this was like my freshman year. And he would walk up to me and be like, you so drazy. And he just kept saying that. He'd be like, you so drazy. And I'm like, man, what are you talking about, bro? Like, what does that mean? He's like, bro, you're just drazy. And I'd be like, whatever, man. And we just, he would say it so much that everybody at the school just started calling me drazy. You know what I mean? And from there, it just stuck. I was like, we're going to run with it. And then when we graduated from high school, when he passed away, I was like, I'm never going to get rid of the name. Like, that was my man. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so. definitely, definitely. So, man, that's, that's man, that's a, I, I didn't even know, you know, a good amount of that story. Um, mm -hmm. You have taken, you know, uh, uh, innovative approach with the music, doing different things. Like, I remember, you know, um, a while back, you were doing a mixtape. Movies, mixtape movies, you know what I'm saying, and just always coming with different angles. You know, talk a little bit about that. Um, so first off, when my approach with music is always you have to be you have to innovate and you have to do something, and, and, and hip hop is infinite, there's no place or space that it can't touch. And so, the mixtape movie started because I was, <clears throat> I was here. And I had wrote a song. I was I was actually chilling at the Kenyans. I'm in the South End at the Kenyans. I was living there, and um, we were talking about Jay Z at the time. And I was like, man, he stole my girl. He's driving my car. He's got my record label, right? I'm just clowning. And um, somebody was like, yeah, man, you should write a song about that. And I was like, huh? I'm just clowning around, like whatever. And I'm a movie buff. I just love movies. So I write this song where essentially I'm driving down the street. I get pulled over by a police officer. The police officer looks in my trunk and he takes this. He finds some drugs. I'm like, the drugs are not mine. He's like, whatever. Sends me to jail. I get to jail. I call up my homeboy, Kareem. He doesn't. He's like, who's this? And he hangs up on me. I call up my other boy, Dame. He does the same thing. And over time, when I get out of jail, I get to my house. Somebody's driving off in my car. I get to the door. The locks had changed. And it eventually be the concept was that this dude stole my life, takes right. my girl, blows up. Right. Turns out being Jay-Z, steals my life, starts Rockefeller, blows up. I'm in New York, and there's some cats spazzing on the song. They love it. I'm like, thanks, man. And they're like, you got to make a video to this. I'm like, am I really going to get Rockefeller to show up for my video? Like, that's never going to happen. And um, they were like, yo, just figure it out, kid. You just got to figure it out. You know what I mean? So at that point, I came up with the concept of why don't I do like a mixtape movie? Like, let me, I spliced together all these movie clips, you know what I mean? And clips of Jay-Z's life, and I created a video, and then it just it just went, right? And after it went, um, doors opened. Um, the 4040 Club actually allowed us to come and premiere it. And then they, they even came and was like, yo, you got to sign one and give it to Jay. They're like, so they played it on the big screens. Shout out to Nate Robinson, Jamal Crawford. All of those guys came out to the party. So that was dope. Sean Alexander hosted it. And then from there, it was like, you know, the, the obvious question in hip hop is like, what you got next, kid? And I'm like, uh, nothing. Like, you know what I mean? So then I just started creating them. Um, mixtape movies. Big, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And... A, a, a brief thing people don't know is I got more coming this summer. So me and DJ Topspin have already cooked up okay. two new mixtape movies. Okay. Um, so summer 2020, we going back to the mixtape movie. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah. And then, um, you know, it, it seemed as things develop, you, you always started to have a theme, mm -hmm. you know, with the music that you were, you were releasing, you know. And, you know, a few years back, <clears throat> the theme was around, what's happening to our, you know, the community, the neighborhood that we grew up in. And mm -hmm. you really, um, you dropped, the hood ain't the same, mm -hmm. you know. Um, talk a little <clears throat> bit about that, where that came from. I mean, I know if, you, if people need to tune in if they haven't seen it, it's self-explanatory. But just, you know, 
where that came from? And did you have a vision of where you wanted to go with it when you dropped it? To be honest with you, I didn't. I didn't even think like gentrification wasn't the hot topic when I created it. To be honest with you, it wasn't. It was more of a conversation in the hood of just like, man, what what's going on around here? You know what I mean? So I'm going to different places in the hood that don't exist. I'm like, yo, I'm in, I'm in the CD. I want to go eat. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yo, man, I wish Helen's was still here, bro. Oh, you know what I mean? You just found yourself kind of slowly frustrated because all these places don't exist. But I didn't really know. I didn't know it was going to do what it was going to do, to be honest with you. I didn't even want to release it. Wow. And so I, I created it. And then um, Steve Sneed from the Seattle Center, they were working on the anniversary for the Space Needle. And he said, we're doing a compilation with um with Aaron Rocker Loud and Jasmine and they were putting out a a compilation they needed a song and he was like can we have this song and he was like if you do the song then we'll get behind the music video and I'm like you know free music video you know what I'm saying that's what I heard right, right, right and right. so uh I did it and um before I knew it it kind of sparked a movement cuz there's a this budding conversation that everyone was concerned about um and for me it was just kind of like me lamenting the hood, the whole album, the album is called Seattle's Own. It's a mixtape. The mixtape is called Seattle's Own, but, and it's on SoundCloud. Go get it. You know what I mean? But it's on, it's, it, I, the, it really wasn't about gentrification. It was just, it was just a song that right, I had made right. that's a part about of something. Life, about your, you know, your life and thoughts. But yeah. then you did circle back with the irony on 23rd, which so, was, seemed yeah. definitely more. Like, yeah, targeted. Yeah, well, I was, you know what? I wasn't, you know how you're not done talking about something? I was like, the the album was done, and I was getting ready to put it out, and then I had went to the church. I was going to Mount Calvary to visit Mama Pavi. I went up there to visit her, and it was popping. I hadn't seen it like that since the 90s, right? It was just cracking out on the corner, but it was so weird and bizarre and different. And so I just sat out there and was like, man, I was just looking, and then the melody came in my head. And I was like, yo, man, I got to write about this. And then just kind of, I'm always just kind of like blown away by like the irony of stuff. Like to have a pot shop right next to a church, no matter how much we justify it and become okay with it, because we get desensitized and then all of a sudden everything's okay. I knew at the time it's a losing battle. I know what's going to happen. I see the bulldozers coming to roll over my community. I can tell you what's going to happen in the next five years. Right. Um, but that doesn't mean we're not going to have victory in the process. I saw it and was just like, this is crazy. Like this wouldn't happen to nobody else. Like it wouldn't happen if it was a synagogue. It wouldn't happen right. if it was, you know what I mean? Yeah. But because it was us, I just think it was. A lower value. Yeah. And I just honestly, with most of it, oftentimes I'll get asked a lot, like, what do you want to happen? I'm like, people to care enough to do something. Right, right, right. And that one, you know, you did the video. It was like a march, I think. And, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And all of that. So it became, to, yeah. I, I've always been like, you want your mu music to spark, spark a movement if possible, right? And so um, as much as possible, I try to get, it's hard when you're trying to do music and make it. That alone could take all of my time, right? And then you turn around and you're like, well, I don't want to drop the baton, right? So it's like, how do I? So I'm growing in that regard, I think. I'm also learning to do a lot more partnerships because they allow you finding a partner who's already doing what I want to do and how do I create the music I want to create and if it lines up, right. use it to to put steam behind what they're doing. Right, right. Yep. 
So man, I mean the convert, you know, the music, the art carry, you know, a message in it. Um, what are your thoughts, you know, like we go deeper into this, you know, this 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 issue around um displacement and, and, and dispersal and really, you know, kind of destruction of a community, you know, our community particularly that was that was rooted in the central district. I mean, it's it's a mixed bag because on one hand it's like you know it's an atrocity, right? I could I could sound the drum and say the obvious parts that is frustrating, it's an atrocity, etc. But I think I would lean more towards if I have a few moments on camera, I would lean more towards the part of me that speaks to the amazing opportunities I see right now for us to get busy. If we get involved, right, with what you're doing here. And with all the opportunity in the South End, like it's it's tremendous opportunity, right? It's easy to be like, it's over. It's not over, right? Uh, we don't have it. Nah, we just got to get busy. So organization, finding ways to creatively fuse people together to – um. I, I'm really into commercial real estate. Like how can we get more businesses launched so that we can rebuild in the places and spaces that we want to build? Yeah, I mean I think that's, you know, where Africatown has – you know, been focused and trying to yep. be about the future as much as the past. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, I guess from your observation, you know, <coughs> what are your thoughts on how that's been progressing? I think everything you guys is doing is dope. Um, I, I do two things. So I would say kudos to what Africatown is doing. To me, it's probably one of the, the three most important movements for African-Americans in the Northwest, in my opinion, that I can think of off my top of my head, where I just be like, these are people who need resources because it's about being, number one, it's about a mission where you're doing something that is actually relevant and serious about humanity. Number two, it's about um, being trustworthy, right? And so I, I tagged you in a post a while ago. I was like, this is probably one of the, the leading most people, in my opinion, in the Northwest, because you've shown yourself trustworthy. Over time, the question is, are you guys going to take money and and blow it? Or are you going to, you know what I mean? Are, is the mission right. going to change? Right. Um, so I think it's dope. I think everything Africatown stands for is, is I don't know, it's, it's everything that we need. From the name all the way to the things that you guys embody, the conversations that happen. And, and you and your family mm -hmm. and a few others, like, you know, the sex, Yidam, and yep. the, I mean, really embody really what Africatown represents, which is the ability to have space where the best of all of our experiences can come together to create greater yep. experiences. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And and I like how you guys remain. Now I'm gonna say I'm gonna stop saying you guys. We I like how yeah. we at Africatown remain open to to bridges. Like there's not one type of blackness that's accepted. Right, yeah, and so, it's, yeah. It's, it's like we, we say, you know, it's one jewel with many facets. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's what we got to, there's value in that. Yeah. You know, and I think it's something special that we are here. You know, we got this East African population. You know, the fact that we're all here in this part of the world at this time yeah. is a big opportunity. Yeah. You know, because there's millions in Africa that's that's not here. Not here, right. So the ones that are here are like, in a sense, a chosen. Yeah. And then what, what does that lead to in, in, in generations? Um so um, I think that also speaks to, you know, you just dropped a, uh, a, a song, yeah. which I think is aligned with a movement, right? Yeah. Um, 
the building, the building, the building black wealth. You mm-hmm. know, you want to speak about, you know, where so, that because you were just talking about commercial and you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, building black wealth for me is like it's the perfect response to all of this, right? Building black wealth is a practical way for black people to get everything they want in this country. When you think about the the obvious, we spend one point two trillion dollars in America every year, right? And then there's a recent study that came out that said by the year two thousand fifty three black wealth is set to bottom out mm-hmm. right so that's saying we're gonna have money we're just not gonna have no wealth so at the end of the day to think that we spend if we spend 1.2 trillion and we could just mentally decide to spend it with ourselves it's game over like I'm, I'm not talking about legislation i'm not talking about going down and asking the government to give us nothing to, this ain't no petition none of the above it's just a matter of saying yo um, you got on a sweatshirt. Let's get the sweatshirt from somebody black owned. Um, I got on a watch. This is Tally and Twine. Yeah. Let's just buy yeah, it from somebody is, uh, black. This is East. This is, uh, what's that? Uh, uh, quarters, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, but it, literally, it's that. It's right. like there's toilet paper up in Africatown. Let's just right. buy it from from the. the uh, Redirecting that energy. I mean, it's simple. If it was something that you weren't going to get anyway, it becomes challenging. But you're literally going to buy all these products. Everybody has toiletries at home. You got lotions. You got soaps. And to be honest. Now, people have been saying this for, you know, I mean, buy black. This has been a a thought or something. This is all we got to do. We we represent this. We're the ninth largest country. What do you think are some of the challenges with actually shifting that in a large amount you know what i'm saying besides you know going to pop-ups and things of that nature but really shifting a significant amount of that money two things um to really shift the money number one it takes time for technology to hit a certain point right because you have to shorten the gap between when you say it and when i buy it it has to accessibility was always the problem but technology is now starting to make everything six degrees deception separation down to two now you literally can pick up the more we get adjusted to buying on amazon the easier it is to go i'm buying amazon i might as well buy the black product right that's one the second thing is just it's a mentality that's where the music comes in everything for us always starts with the reason you buy soaps from Target is because it's marketed at you. It's because you're being exposed to it over and over and over again. My thought is we just got to start to expose ourselves over and over and over. It's about reengaging this concept of building black wealth, making people think. I'm talking to people every day right now. My philosophy, like I say in the song, I don't need a billion of us. I just need a few. I'm trying to pick off some. I'm I'm watching people daily go, man, I hadn't thought about it. I'm going to start doing it. It's just getting more and more and more. So, but one plants, one waters. I'm one person. Somebody else is going to say something else. Somebody else is going to say something And over time, yeah, we're going to move from. You know, the buy, buy, buy back the block. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Different yeah. People are putting and then bringing us all together, right. too. Right? Yeah. So, I want to do some stuff in June. Um, I'm going to holler at you about it Where I want to do some stuff for Juneteenth Where I want to bring them out We buy black, buy up the block All of us together In Seattle though Where it's more intentional about Sparking that consciousness here Plus action um, But we still got to put our heads together And a brain trust so Like okay what do we want to come out of this And how do we want to do it But it it starts with For me with the music Being one tool of marketing To keep it on your brain and I'm in the musically, I'm able to unpack a lot of your thoughts, like the stuff like, man, our stuff is it's cheaply made. I'm able to deal with that. Well, I can't find black stuff. I'm able to put all that in a, in a song, right, right. right? We're a commercial for 30 16, seconds. Right. right yeah, I can. Yeah, 16. Yeah. I remember, you know, Nas on that. I, I know I can. Mm-hmm. Put a whole volumes of 
history yeah. in the 16 bars. Yeah. Man. So, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the power of the artist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, so you relocated. Yes. Right? You found yourself in the city of Lost Angels. Right? <laughs> <laughs> LA Confidential. Right. right. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. You know, a lot of people, you know, we want to hear about that and just, you know, from the music tip and the black music tip in Seattle, the word is you gotta you gotta move to make it happen. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know if that was part of the, the, yeah, the strip, yeah. but let's you know, let's hear about I, that, man. Bro, I don't down the coast. I don't know if you have to move. I have, you know, I have mixed emotions. I mean, to be black, you might have to look at look at what's coming out of here, like on a national level. There's right. not a whole lot of the dope black artists that are here right. making it sure. I'll let somebody else answer that part, but because um, Seattle have have right, 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 they, you know? right. For me, it was it was opportunity, man. Like there's just a lack of opportunity here. Mm -hmm. um, it makes no sense that Amazon has a network, right, and they need music. Right, you got Hulu, all these companies, Facebook. They need music, but I go to LA, and all of a sudden, I'm on all their shows. I was right here in your backyard, right? You wouldn't take my meeting because I was here, you know what I mean? But I go down, to, I go to LA, and now it's like, oh, yo, we want to get with Dre's on this song. So, um, for me, I think it's a, it really is a mentality thing. The things that Seattle lacks musically is infrastructure. Right. Everybody's an artist, so there's no managers, there's no publicists. There's all the things that you need to make industry go and music go. I go to L.A., man, and there's publicists and managers right. and people knocking on your door. You know what I mean? Right. And so. Um, and, for, and for a lot of people that don't know, on any given day, man, they might turn on, like you said, these networks, these channels. Yeah, yeah. And they might hear Dre's, man. You well, know, talk, talk about. So I, I'll give you this. So I, when I started, I started, um, I started writing. I went to L.A. I was, um, I was in a writing session. Um, um, Frankie from Seattle had me in a writing session for some cats. They wanted me to write something like like Mob Deep. So they're like, we want something kind of East Coast. Can you write it for us? I'm like, all right, cool. I pin it for them, give it to them. And they're like, yo, this is just like Mob Deep. Like, it's really like Mob Deep. Like, well, that's what you asked for, right? Cool. So some years later, I get a call from them and they're like, yo, we, wanna, um, we want you to, can you still write? And I'm like, yeah. I get a call out the blue, and they're like, can you still write? I'm like, cool. So they send me a song, but they want to do a buyout. For those who don't know what a buyout is, it's when somebody wants to purchase your song, but you're going to make only the money they give you right now. You're going to make no other money. No royalties. No royalties, nothing. So I call up Frankie, and I'm like, yo, friend. What's up with your man? He wants a buyout. Like, I'm not feeling that. I mean, if this song can make a million dollars, and I would make nothing, right? And, I, and he want to give me $500 on the buyout. And I was like, she was like, do it. And I'm like, this is a bad deal. She's like, do it, but I need you to murder it. And I was like, all right, cool. So I get it. I go ham on this track, turn it in. And these guys are from Europe. So they call me, and they're like, yo, yo, man, yo, this is amazing. We don't want a buyout. We're going to give you the $500, and you're going to get all your publishing and everything. And I was just kind of like, what? And the dude told me, he was like, we've sent this track to seven other rappers, and all of them were whacked, so we're blowing money, $500 a pop. They're like, we just want to be able to keep coming to this whale. I had no idea what they were involved in. From there, I'm like, all right, cool, I knock out the track. Before I know it, they send me five tracks. They send me 12. They send me three. 
then I'm like, well, what are we writing this stuff for? To me, I'm just writing it. Like, I'm going to knock it out. I look up, and these guys are one of the biggest writing teams in the world for television music. I become their main hip-hop writer. So now I'm writing for The Voice. Um... I mean, you name it. Um, now, you got a name. And it, okay. People know. okay. So it can happen. It can happen to you, right? <laughs> uh, NFL Network, um, Loving Hip Hop, Empire. Um, like I said, The Voice, The Masked Singer, um, NBA TV. Um, every, I mean, Hulu. I just did All American for, um, for Netflix. So I'm writing for a ton of Netflix shows. Uh, the Last OG with. Um, with uh what's her name tiffany haddish um man it's just it's going it's going like it's it's i had in 2019 i had over 100 music placements and was nominated for writing the best hip-hop track on television so i'm congratulations man thanks man come on man let's go 206 baby 206 yeah but back to man is it do you think this would have happened if you would have been right here to be honest with you, it wouldn't have taken off that way. It okay. started here. Okay. My first couple I actually wrote while I was here in Seattle. But there comes a point where they're like, yo, can you come to the studio right, right. now? We got something for you right now. Come right. down. And it, it's moving at the speed right. of light. So, industry, yeah. Right. And then it changes my mentality to be around. Like, L.A.'s like an artist town. Everyone's an artist. So, you know, so much goes with that. Something simple like um, in Seattle, if you're 30 years old, and you ain't got no kids and no family. Everybody's looking at you like, you ain't married? Like, what? In L.A., nobody at 30 is married with kids. So Everybody's they're chasing dreams. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like. It's an energy yeah, it's that a, that creates, mm-hmm, too, right? Mm-hmm. There's another hundred things that go with that that are just like, as an artist, you need Collaboration, that. Collaboration, opportunity, yeah. someone else yeah. putting you on, mentioning your name, you know. A fearlessness. A more abundance. If, you, if anybody follows me online, I'm way more online than I once was. You know why? Because in L.A., you could be in a restaurant and everybody's doing this. So it's not weird to be like sitting here talking on your phone or walking down the street and somebody's just going after it on the street corner recording something. You know what I mean? So, man, yeah. Well, man, that's, that's, that's big, man. And again, congrats. You know, uh, the artist's walk is, a, is, is, is often a rough, yeah. a rough walk, man. We well, just screened a, a documentary. Um, about Weldon Irvine, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, and 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 and, and his contributions. We just know, man, that whole <clears throat> stress that comes with that because it, it's not always. Yeah, well, I'm one a of the few. I'm one of the few artists I know who actually makes a living off music. I know a ton of people who do music, but they work for Lyft, right. they work for Walmart, and all those other things. And so, um, I will say also, um, I'm getting ready to create a ton of opportunities for cats at home. Right. So I'm I'm creating. I've I've just, I've been blessed to be now in a position where they want me to create my own writing team. Right. And so the first thing so. I thought was. I need to go home. Um, first thing I needed was the producer who can bang out the beat. So right. Vitamin D, I sat down. I was like, yo, Vita, right. here's an opportunity. And he was like, oh. I'm like, yeah. So we're working right now on, um, they're working on the new Power show. Mm-hmm. So banging out a bunch of tracks for the new Power um, Shout out to Vita, man. A lot of people didn't know that. That was, yeah, that was yeah. Big Rich Town. Big Rich Town. Yeah. 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 So we're um we're working on more of that type of they're like, this is what power wants. And so um, but it really is there's some dope writers and singers and stuff here. And so it really is about 
um, exposing those people to this opportunity because I want everybody to eat. You know what I mean? There's enough for everybody. Shout out to, you know, people coming back. I know Pender, you know what I'm saying? He was down yes. in L.A. for a minute, and now he came back and started up uh, Imprint to, you yeah. know? Yeah. But we rock. Me and, me and yeah. Pender rock. Me and Gab rock. Like, we're all, me and Eddie Francis, um, we actually in Seattle do. Um, so I threw a couple barbecues, and then um, we all meet up and watch the Seahawks game. So it's um, Nate Jackson, Pender, um, down in L.A. Down in L.A. Royce has come. Frankie, KD. Like, we just, you know what I mean? We just yeah. do this whole yeah. Seattle, Seattle and L.A. joint. It's dope, man. Man, that's, that's what's up. And so, man, you're getting all these placements. Yep. But what's good with, you know, your music? I mean, do you, you know, did you re retire? You know what I'm saying? Or, or you, got, you got new projects coming? What's going yeah, on? Yeah, no, we're never retiring. So that'll be a good one just off the press. But yeah, I got a new album coming out. So the album is titled African American. It drops March 6th. The music on the album is all um, traditional Zimbabwean music fused together with hip hop to create a sound I call ancestral art. So you'll have marimbas, mbiras, um, all coming together with dope beats. Um, the first single um, or release off the album is Building Black Wealth, which is out now. So if you listen to that, it's the Mbita and really me kind of channeling an African harmonies and an African vibe of uh, just the essence of what I grew up on, right? And, and doing that. So the. A war on a, on a you know what I'm saying the salt and the swag you know what I mean so it's a collaboration project yeah. war is um he's on like half the album to be honest with you um but then we have some other huge artists from around Africa that'll be on I can't put them out there yet but it's the album is gonna be it's nuts man it's a What's dope up? project African American March sixth on all your streaming services go get it that's heavy man that sound like man uh, uh, that sound like a a theme song for Africa Town, man. You know, a theme album. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's like African American. You know, like connecting the continents. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Um, and and my hope is that y'all will take the music and just use it. Like you ain't got to worry about clearances with me. You just be like, yo, yeah, just you guys take it, use it as oh, much as you oh, want. Oh, you hear that, man? So you know what I'm saying? You're hey, good. You're good. <laughs> we can, you guys we can step our game up on our, you know, our license. <laughs> you know, intro music. Africa Town is 100 percent good with my music. Always, let's get it. Um, man, so, you know, on the, on the side of the music, you talked about, you know, doing music to, you know, sp uh, uh, spark or seed, you know, movements for people to take it and run with it, you mm -hmm. know, but at the same time, you yourself have taken it upon yourself to organize, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Different events, just over years, community events, you yep. know what I'm saying? From the basketball tournaments and all the way up, you know, talk a little bit about, you know, that, you know, and, and, and then what you have coming up. Um, I've always, I don't, I just have a love for Seattle and that part of me, it's a little bit different. Some of it is just kind of like seeing a void and going, man, what do we need? Right, man, we need a this or we need a that. And then you, and then rather than, I'm an active person, got it from my mom, rather than seeing a need and not doing anything about it, I've been like, well, let me do something about it. Right. And so the hood classic was birthed out of that kind of like 
arguing with people is Garfield better than Franklin. You know what I mean? Well, well you know the answer to that question. Yeah, you know I mean Franklin, saying? absolutely. It's Garfield, one hundred percent. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Shout out to the Metro champs at the buzzer against Eastside Catholic last Friday. Uh, man, you know Franklin's rebuilding though. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we might need to take some music over there. And, you know, <laughs> get them inspired, brother. You know what I'm saying? The basketball, the football, they hurt. Call hey, Rock too, man. See hey. Corey Dillon, man. They need some. Uh, hey, but <laughs> hey, but mu- hey, but musically we're doing our thing though. Musically we're good. Um, but nah, I mean, yeah, we're in a perpetual rebuild, man. I've been quiet as kept. I've been talking to quite a bit of a few alum, like, yo, do we need to? Do we need to walk in there and uh, get yeah, something done? Um, but um, in all honesty, so now about seven years ago, I launched an event called Through the Eyes of Art. And the idea was to take a look at a different issue or um, it, it doesn't always have to be an issue, just something important to the African-American community. We looked at gentrification. Actually, The Hood Ain't the Same was launched at seven years ago at Through the Eyes of Art. It's a partnership that I do with the uh, Museum of Pop Culture, um, the Mopop Museum, formerly the EMP. And so every year we change. We looked at black love. Um, we don't just go to like the sexy topic either. Like, you know, there's a word of the day all the time, which typically often is like a white validated word. Like, hey, black people, this is what you should be talking about right now. Like, we don't do that. We really poll ourselves in our community. So this year, our theme is a salute to black comedy. So we've got a bunch of dope um, painters who are going to be at the event creating artwork around um, black comedy, right? And then after that's done, we have an award ceremony where our our recipient this year of the Servant of the People Award is Isaiah Anderson, right? And so, Shout out to Isaiah. yeah, I mean, and, and with all the work he's done with kids, he's yeah, it, yeah, sure. he worked with me when I was a kid. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So to look, when I was dancing, mm-hmm. the person I was looking up to was Isaiah and them, wow. right? And so with, with Darcel, Isaiah, all those guys at Langston Hughes, those were the people who were inspiring me. He's still doing it to this day. My daughter, he taught my daughter to act. My daughter's an actress because of him. You know what I'm saying? He definitely earned it, man. Yeah. Shout out to the Summer Musical, too, man. Just all that black brains. Come on, man. Yeah, man. You know what I mean? So... Yeah, man, we we salute Isaiah Anderson. Man. So we want to honor him, you know, to give the people their flowers while they can still smell them. We've, we've honored Maxine Mims, Eddie Rye, um, so many amazing legends, Pat Wright from our community, people who have put in time and energy. Isaiah, and we can't honor everybody, right? We, we honor one person a year, so it is what it is. But Isaiah Anderson is being honored. Um, and then we have a comedy show. We want to do something different. We usually have performers. And this year it was like, let's just do comedy. Let's, let's make people laugh. There's so much heavy stuff going on. Um, this year we got Nate Jackson coming home. You know what I mean? So it's hosted by General Mutombo. It's going to be a crazy, crazy um, event. The Mopop this Friday um, at the Mopop, 7 o'clock p.m. Be there sharp. Um, and get your Friday tickets. Friday the 21st. Friday the 21st. Friday the 21st. Friday, February 21st, be at the Mopop, 7 p.m. Nate Jackson, he's coming home from L.A. to rip up the stage, um, give y'all some of this dope comedy. Um, it's, yeah, it's going to be crazy. That's what's up, man. You know, comedy and, and laughter, man. Laughter is just great medicine. Yep. And it's definitely been one of the ways that we have, you know, survived. Like, it's like spiritual over here singing, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. over here is... Making light out of, you know what I'm saying? Yep. You got jokes, you know, and so. And we um, got D Militant coming as well. So he is, he wrote a book where he interviewed um, Eddie Murphy. He interviewed Cat Williams. Um, everybody in comedy, to be honest with you. Um, 
And he interviewed all of these comedians, over 100 different prominent comedians around comedy about what makes them tick, what makes them go. But he's going all the way back to the old circuits where there were places we couldn't do comedy. So he's going to be our featured speaker at the event. So D Militant, he's been doing comedy since I was a kid as well. Somebody I've seen on TV, you just seen him on there with the beret and his fist in the air. You know what I'm saying? But it's dope to see him. Um, Nate Jackson both coming home and shout out to Nate because he put that together. Nate was the person who said, what are you doing? I told him what it was and he was like, you got to have D a part of this and so he helped us make it happen. People connected, man. That's great, man. Like I said, you know, having a space where, you know, black brilliance can just connect, come through, yep. drop something off, take something, you know, that's that's very important, man, because there is a lot of opportunity here but, man, we just got to, you know, curate. Yep. The environment a little bit, you know, yep. a little bit better. So we appreciate you doing that, man. I want to ask you, just as a creative, as an artist, as a person who is, a, you know, a, a thinker, you know, and rooted in these different ideas and concepts around, you know, like you said, the album is called African American. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I'm taking that to mean, you know, the best of both worlds in a sense. Absolutely. Right? And what does... What does the concept? What does the word African Town mean to you? What when you if you just close your eyes and you just you know you just meditate on that? What what does it evoke in you? Man, um, so on a simplistic level, um, which is not simple, but on the simplest way I can say it, because it's more of a feel. When you say Africa Town, I would describe it more as a feel than as a one line, right? And so the feel would come with because a feel is emotional. I would try to find words. It's a it's a place where people of African descent, holistically, the entire diaspora, feel comfortable. Come and they share. They put their ingenuity, their minds, their their emotions, their spirituality, all fused together in one space that they call home, away from home. Because at the end of the day, it's Africa Town. Because it's not in Africa. It's here, right? But it's a it's a merging. It's a bridge where. African-American and African come together and they're now brother and sister and they 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 sift through together the differences, right? Because they've been impacted, one by Jim Crow, one by colonialism. They're really cousins, right, who played the same game on the same people and they sift through it and go, well, wait, this happened to you, man. This happened to me. This happened. And they just, they eliminate all that and and when that happens, it's completely limitless because when they know, when Africans know who they are, ah, oh bro, not Africans. Some people can know who they are and it might mean something. Africans know who they are and all I can, it's like, boom. It's it's an unstoppable force. Wow. Wow. That's like, that's like Big Bang Theory right there. Right there. That's oh, it. There it is. That was it. Hey, the Big Bang Theory. Yeah. <laughs> so, man, that just goes, I know we are, we are on the way out of time, but. Man, I just wanted to bring this up because this is a popular thing going on in the, in the black world now, too. Okay. A-D-O-S, right? Have you been following that? Uh-uh, the what's whole that? African descendants of slaves and that whole... And, the, and then you got... You Separating know, them. Yeah, you, you, yeah, man. It's like, it's real serious. Like, you know, the okay. immigrants and the facts of, you know, like... So, if you have any thoughts on that, if you ain't really tuned in. I'm not then, tuned in, but I know it's not a new movement. So when you said yeah, it, I didn't know the Reparations and all of that, you know, and it's like, it's a, you know, they've been impacting like the presidential conversations around reparations. Wow. Yeah, yeah the reparations conversation is really coming, you know, Elizabeth Warren and the people that have yeah, responded. I, yeah. It's because they've been, the ADOS movement is what is, you know, okay. is, is listed that has been pushing 
pushing some issues about. We got to have tangibles. So to me, I'm, I'm when I think of two things there. When I think of the separation between African and African Americans, there's no separation to me. Like as a people, right? I do understand when you're talking about disbursement of wealth and reparations. There is a difference. It just it makes sense. Like it just it's it's a it's I I don't need to get any reparations. My daughter does because my daughter is this her mother. Her family, they come over as slaves. I don't. I should not get reparations. My mother and father was Zimbabwean Americans, yeah, right? But there's some colonialism. Di- there, you yeah, know what I'm saying? different always- conversation, yeah, right? Yeah, different they, conversation. Yeah. That's not to be dispersed here. That's right. over there. That's not an American conversation. That's a Zimbabwean conversation. And so when you, when you, to me, um, let's just be sensible about it. Not emotional, right? But I'm not for anything that separates people of African descent. To me, I'm like, yo, man, like we're one. We have to be one. We're better together. If you can look at the LGBTQ, like they put a bunch of things together, right? We can at least in ourselves go, yo, we're all of African descent. So whether you're Zimbabwean-American, Kenyan-American, Brooklyn-American, whatever you want to call yourself, if you're of African descent, let's put us ourselves all. Because it's really, these are really different people. Like you you sit down, I got friends who one person is gay, the other person's trans. And you, these are different people. They have completely different, when you really get down to it, but they've made enough sense to go, look, we're better together. If we all come together as one, we'll probably get more accomplished. And they've been able to accomplish a lot. People of African descent, we should do the exact same thing, right? We don't need, we don't need to separate ourselves though by, you know, Zimbabwean American, Kenyan American. I think it's great to say, but I'm saying just that's why Africa town is dope. Let's just be Africans, you know what I mean? And then rep your rep your hood, rep your set. That's what's up, man. We want to get into our session, uh, our section, a segment on uh, dropping gems. You know, okay, this is where you give up a few things that people could, you know, could use for their own uh, uh, path or whatever. So, first question is, um, what are three books that have um, put light on your path or profoundly? you know, impacted the way you work, move in the world? Three books. Um, man, which one? Visioneering is one book um, that really, really, um, I would say, impacted me big time. Um, the Alchemist, another book um, that's moved me. Um, and then, I mean, I know it'll sound cliche, but the Bible, that's it. Like, there's no book to me that has moved me more than that. I mean, just because it's, holistically it's spoken to the way I eat, the way I teach, the way I raise my child, the way that I um, engage community, the way that I engage um, myself and then my wife and all of that. So That's what's up. And um, any uh, models, living models, people that are alive whose, you know, footprints and path you look to, you know, as somewhat, you know, guidance? Who is guiding me big time right now? Um Man, that's a tough one. Most of my, you said living. Yeah, <laughs> I was living, about to say. Exactly, I was just about to go. Yo, I got a bunch of people yeah, that are like yeah. passed away right now. That um, just their moves. Even if it's not the same industry or anything like that, their moves be like okay, make a note of that. And um, let me think of somebody who I like. Um, I like what Chance is doing. Chance the rapper is doing. I love what Kendrick's doing. Um, and I'm talking about how they move. I'm not just talking about um one side of things, but I'm really, I really love, I love Michael Bennett, the way he moves, the way he moves for community. Um, you know, some, oh, Colin Kaepernick, complete hero. You know what I mean? Like somebody who, um, the way he's willing to risk everything 
of his for other people, yeah, that would be a hero for me. You know, somebody who I'm really watching the way he moves. That's what's up. Um, any blogs, podcasts, you know what I'm saying, YouTube channels that you watch to uh, uh, keep you on your toes? Uh, Drink Champs. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie to you. Drink Champs is my favorite my favorite podcast, but I could watch. I wish they would do like more episodes of that, right? Like it's two and a half hours. I'll be I mean, like, keep them coming. Drink Champs. Keep Shout them. out to Drink Champs. Yeah. Um, you know, I love what Joe Button's doing. Um, shout out to Angela Rye. Um, on one with Angela Rye. Um, what else? Let me think. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a huge podcast guy, but that Drink Champs is good. Because I, I like you to take me in depth, and they do. They they get stories. I don't know if it's the drinks, you know what I mean, where they open somebody up. But, no, yeah, they definitely the get. It's the water. And the yeah, yeah. Yeah, I fool with Sway, too. I love the fact that Sway is always going to expose you to somebody you've never you know you've never seen um i love the tiny desk concerts as well mm. because it's like getting a chance to see artists unbuttoned right um in an intimate setting but getting a chance to hear the music um, that's what's up man any yep. uh, any 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 last words for this last for words this so i got this uh bill and blackwell t-shirts man for sale man follow me right if you are on Instagram, the Dre's Experience, T-H-E-D-R-A-Z-E Experience, the Dre's Experience. If you are on Twitter, it's just at Dre's Experience. And if you are on Facebook, it's at Dre's. So get at me. Get yourself a T-shirt, Building Blackwell T-shirts. New album is coming out March 6th. It's titled African American. Trust me, man. It's going to be insane. Man, so that's what it is. You know how we do about this time. Tap in, don't tap out. Peace.